Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight's on the Band from Ringside podcast, we recap AEW Revolution and the explosion not heard around the world. We get into Finn Balor versus Adam Cole for the championship. Uh, AEW's follow-up, which I have some thoughts on. New Japan Cup, that, and a whole bunch more. Tonight's on the Band from Ringside podcast. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Bakey, a.k.a. Drive for show, putt for bro. (laughs) (laughs) And driving in his car right now. Hopefully he has a seatbelt on. We have two beers, Zach Pullman. What's going on, two beers, Zach? Oh, yeah, I got my seatbelt on because I'm driving on expired tags, baby. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's my man. That's my man. <laughs> you could do that when you look like me and Zach. And sitting to my left, as always, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? We coming out swing and allow us to bow our heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band for Ringside podcast, volume 196, chapter 3, verse 14, and the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe. Subscribe, repeat. Uh, a couple quick shout outs. Uh, shout out to everybody that uh, listened to the, I don't know, the Owner 2 podcast, uh, IKTOT for short. Um, I appreciate that, the good and bad feedback. I am an artist now, so just be sensitive about the negative feedback. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, I appreciate that. Um, interesting week of wrestling. Um, I'll just say this. We're going to stand in the mirror this week. We're not going to have any bullshit uh, sparklers coming out of the uh, the side of the the mixer, so to speak. We're going to bring the, the ruckus this week. So sit back and enjoy. We got a bunch of wrestling to talk about this week. Jason, why don't you tell us about F&B Eatery before we get started? F&B Eatery are on the corner of 3453 South Tampton and Marquette, home of the best smash burger you never heard of. So let's take care of that problem. It's going to start getting nice out there, boys and girls. So it's a good time to get the kids, stretch them legs, get them worn out. Get the family fed. Take care of mom and all one fell swoop. Calling in, tell them that band from ringside sent you. Take care of mom. Yeah, so that way mom ain't got to cook. Oh, okay, I got you. And uh, don't Jesus forget about Christ. Bill's Beard Company. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the single guy, remember that's, that. That's the beard shampoo, the beard balm, the beard oil that my wife makes along with uh, some shower sprays for the ladies, some shower bombs for the ladies. Give us, Give me a... Shout out! Uh, give me a call. Slide into my DMs at BFR Bill. We are we're selling the shit out of this stuff. Uh, there's powder all over <laughs> my upstairs. <laughs> so you might not want to say that all the time now. It's not, it's, it's not the powder I yeah. usually like. But, uh, <laughs> you might not want to say that either. Different kind of powders. Uh, without further ado, let's get to that three counts. Please and thank you. JCB, kick it off. We're going to jump back to Sunday night. AEW Revolution takes place. Um, We'll just cut to the chase. We all know what the biggest takeaway is, so let's just dive right into the deep end. Let's do it. The main event, obviously, was the exploding 
barbed wire death match between Moxley and Kenny Omega. Obviously, Kenny Omega wins. But then I guess here is where the, I, I guess the problems with this match start to come into play. So post-match, after the the decision, the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega proceed to start stomping a mud hole into John Moxley. I was kind of hoping that we were going to avoid even going down this road where the ring was going to explode. I did see the Terry Funk uh, Cactus Jack match where the finish was very similar to what we saw on Sunday. And that left me disappointed. So when the match ended with about five minutes left, I kind of breathed a mini sigh of relief because I thought we were going to avoid it. And unfortunately, that just did not happen. I'll just say this. I don't blame Tony Khan for promoting the shit out of this match. This is what he's supposed to do. That's his job. Let me cut you off for a second. Just so the people know, there was the ring was supposed to explode. The ring did not explode. It was a very... Uh, it was, it was underwhelming a, is the word I used. Underwhelming is it was a dud. Yeah, it was a dud. It was, a dud. it was like some sparklers went off. Eddie Kingston came out, covered up John Moxley in a storyline. You know, he was. They've had their problems in the past, but they've been friends forever. He covered them up, and this, there was no explosion. Basically, there were some sparklers. It was like almost and, Roman candles without the. And nobody knew what to do. Okay, Jason, sorry. No, you're fine. It's, I was going to say Eddie Kingston coming out is a huge uh, component of it because it, it at least captured my attention and it didn't allow me to walk away just as fast. So, obviously, the countdown goes to zero. I'll call them sparklers, for lack of a better word. The sparklers on the four sides of the ring go off, and basically that is the exploding ring. Like I said, I don't blame Tony Khan for this. Tony Khan did his job. He did what he was supposed to do. He got he hyped this up to the point where everybody and their mama was talking about really one of three things coming in the revolution, and this was one of them. What's your problem with it then? It was it's the fact that I think the fans themselves kind of allowed themselves to let their imaginations run freely and literally thought that Daly's place was going to get imploded in some form or fashion. And don't get me wrong. I love AEW. I think it's amazing and it keeps WWE on its toes. And I, I wish them all the growth. This was just not, if you're not going to do it and, and do it right. And you said it a lot of times on Sunday night, Things were being too cute. This guy was being too cute. This move is too cute. That step was being too cute. Just put the barbed wire around the goddamn ring and just let him go at it, okay? If you're not going to do it the way it's been done before where you literally had a more so of an exploding ring, then don't even bother, okay? I think there's a little bit of a misconception there because, like, there was supposed to be a larger explosion. Uh, oh, yeah. There was, there was a malfunction. It's not like they just pussied out like the fucking thing didn't work like and it was just a it was a disaster but it was like a malfunction it wasn't like this was the plan like this is not the plan the plan was for it to be much better yes i i don't think i i was never under the impression that it was anything more than a malfunction i think my uh, you know if i'm gonna 
I was going to wait for you guys to go, and then I was going to decide whether or not I was going to be, you know, just as a good podcaster, whether I was going to go hard on it or go easy on it. Um, but obviously you guys are kind of splitting the difference. Zach, what was your reaction when you saw it? Or did you hear about it first? Were you watching it live? No, I was watching it live. Um, I get off early on Sunday, so I was able to watch the majority of the show live. And, um, you know, the fucking match ruled. And Ma- then, the match ruled. No like, argument. The barbed wire wasn't even gimmicks. Like, it was just like, ugh. And then, you know, Good Brothers were out there for a little while, like, too long. You know, it was kind of Bullet Club shit, you know. It was, you know, I I can see, like, there's some valid criticism for the finish with them trying to protect Moxley in that way. Uh, but the story, the match was great. The psychology of the match was awesome. The storytelling with Eddie Kingston was, like, top-notch. And then the fucking fireworks didn't go off. Like, the bombs didn't go off. And it fucking ruined, like, a lot of people's perception of the entire show. Now, a few days have passed, and I've been able to, like, reflect on it a little bit more. And I'm not as disappointed because looking back, I'm like, that was a good pay-per-view. At times, it was great. Um, I'm not going to shit on the whole thing because one set of fireworks didn't go off, even though... If they would have gone off correctly, we'd be talking about it as, like, this fucking all-time great match. And it sucks that those guys put their bodies through that, and then it essentially means nothing because it turns into a fucking meme, right? Um, so it's just – it's, like, a tough situation. And I don't know if you guys want to wait till later when we talk about Dynamite, but they are, I think, making the best of a bad situation, which is what you do as a booker, right? You, you know? Uh, the only bummer was Tony Khan right, right in the press conference right afterward was like, you know, they made some weird decisions. Like, they had the announcer sell it as a big blast. And then afterwards, Tony was kind of saying, like, well, we can't kill guys. He was still trying to, like, maintain kayfabe. And he, was, he wasn't he was just 100% honest, like, with the press, where he should just been like, yeah, it was a dud. It fucking sucks. Like, sorry. Like, you know, like, well, you know, if we do it again, we'll do better next time. So, but, re- um, re- really, we could have made this whole match probably the one count. So I mean, let's 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 stay here for a minute because Zach touched on something really important, which is a, a the match was spectacular. No argument. It it was fucking great. Uh B, I think the storytelling would have been perfect to have Kingston come out and save his boy John Moxley. C, they did a great job, and we we can get into the dynamite part of this. They have recovered as well as they could have. Tony Khan going in there and maintaining kayfabe during the whatever the shareholders thing was the next day, or whatever the whatever the the shoot press quote unquote press conference the shoot press conference is. Tony Khan didn't really do any favors. They didn't do himself any favors. But Tony Khan's a new owner. I mean, he's a young guy. He's younger than me. He is, which means, you know, pretty old, but younger than me. And, like, he'll live and he'll learn, you know. Fucking, you know, he hasn't had to, uh, you know, pay off the cops in a weird Florida see, town see, to uh, see, get, get a guy out. <laughs> we, to get a guy here to, out. we ain't here to bash WWE yet, man. I'm just, Stick saying, to the script. I'm just saying he's a young guy that has a lot to learn, and this will probably go a long way towards it. One of my... Favorite things about this, though, is that this really provides one of those wrestling 
I remember where I was moments because it is such a meme that it will live on in infamy as long as any one of those guys involved with this match is alive. The biggest problem, and this is what I was getting to, is that Zach and Zach touched on this, is that they didn't have a backup plan. You know, it's it's live, but it's you know, there's a six or seven minute delay or six or seven second delay, you know, in case somebody's head gets ripped off or something, where they could have had a contingency plan to just go to black or something. Or they could have had a contingency. I mean, if Don Callis was even better than I already think Don Callis is, Don Callis would have immediately come up with that uh, his rationalization that he had on Wednesday night in the moment and been like, you you suckers, you guys fell for it, or right. X, Y, and Z. It's not the end of the world. AEW has to do better, though. They can't have shit like that going forward. It's fine. You know, they can have this one. That You know, everybody can write it off, and it, it will be one of those, remember the exploding ring, and right. it's going to be a joke forever amongst Marks, but... They have to be better going forward, and I, I mean, pretty much, don't you think? Yeah, that just, I guess that's where the, the biggest problem is, is that I was waiting for A, I got B, and it just kind of took away for, from the match itself. I agree with Two Beer in the sense that time away from it, and I was going to watch the pay-per-view t- this afternoon, I'm kind of glad I did because I think – time away from it has kind of made me calm down a little bit and realize that I didn't think it was the end of the world on Sunday. I was just really, really disappointed in the sense that this is where this finish came. I'm not even worried about the length of time about the pay-per-view. A lot of people complain about the pay-per-view was long and it was a long pay-per-view in comparison to what we've been getting from AEW you know and who, WWE. You know who really thought it was long? <laughs> me the next day when I woke up. <laughs> that motherfucker, that motherfucker, that Monday morning. Brutal. That dude woke up and that dude was like, fuck, that was too <laughs> goddamn long. I woke up feeling good. That, that's another story. Um, Like I said, to me, it's, I guess the end, the biggest problem is, is that I kind of, I guess for Tony Khan's, if you have to put a finger on, point a finger towards him, that's what I didn't like. I just wish he did just came out and said, hey, we dropped the ball. This is what was supposed to happen. It didn't happen. We're going to move on. And like you said, do better. I will give them. He's newer to this than anybody involved. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I will give them credit. At least in the sense they didn't go the WWE route and bury their head in the sand like they've done with just for Ro- the Roman Reigns handcuff um, mishap Lucky. in the in the uh, last man standing match against Kevin Owens. Don Callis's promo on Wednesday night was a it, that was a class in heel logic. Am I am I right, Zach? Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, total masterclass. Like, that dude should have a masterclass. And overall, he's just been fantastic in general. But the uh, <laughs> the best part, I mean, like, you talk about a meme. Like, whenever Kenny Omega gets down on the <laughs> ring and says, 69 me, Don. Oh, my God. Like, dude, like if, if this thing wouldn't have happened, we wouldn't have had that. 
we wouldn't have had um, <laughs> Eddie Kingston and John Moxley as like drinking buddies, just riffing, you know, like, you know, their explanation of it, like uh, Moxley's explanation of him having a panic attack and blacking out and, um, you know, saying he didn't get his scarred hands from playing video games. And then, uh, you know, Moxley joking about, you know, did that box say act me on it, you know, just like very much like self-aware, very much able to poke fun at themselves and like not take it as seriously as a lot of like the people I saw on Twitter were taking it. Oof. Like, dude, like it was just, you would have thought, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, I can't even like compare, like they acted like the, this promotion was over. Right. And I'm like, dude, like there was just an accident. Something happened not to plan. The rest of the show was really good. The match was excellent. It's not like, uh, you know, like I don't want to always compare AW, WWE, but I mean, that's what we do. Uh, it's not like that ending to Hell in a Cell with uh, Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt, right? Like, that was the plan, and right. it was god-awful. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, that, 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 I mean, that's a really important part when you're comparing the two because there's no way to not to compare the two, right? But when you're comparing, yeah, when you're comparing the two... problems, and then there's malfunctions, right? Right. The match, I mean, we haven't had a match as good as Kenny Omega versus John Moxley in the exploding... Matt, an exploding ring death or barbed wire match. You know what I mean. <laughs> we, haven't had, we haven't had a match that good in WWE proper, not NXT, but WWE proper in fucking years. It's been a hot minute. Maybe since AJ Cena in SummerSlam was is the last great WWE in-ring match, main roster match that I can think of, and that was... Probably five or six years ago. That was, was a it really was, long it was a hot time ago. Yeah. So you, I couldn't have said it more perfectly than two beer. Like the problem with the the match between the Fiend and Seth Rollins is that the Fiend took seventeen finishers and won, and that was the plan. <laughs> perfectly said. Thank you. Yeah. No, that was. I didn't even think of it like that, and that's. I will give credit where credit is due. That was their plan. This was a mishap. So be it. I'll just say this. It wasn't just, and we, and I'm just going to expand on the rest of the card for a little bit. I guess my next biggest problem is the Dark Order. Uh, if there was 10 matches on this card, they were in at least three of those matches in some form or fashion. Yeah. Okay. At least. Felt like they were in more. I was surprised it was not a chicken Dark Order, to be honest. Anna J, she's just hurt. Oh, yeah, Anna right. Jay and, and Tay Conti's kind of, uh, kind of yeah. ancillary. Okay, and you're kind of getting to where I was going with this. We needed uh, some sort of direction with these guys. I get that they're over on BTE. I get that. No disrespect to Brody Lee. I know he's passed, but it's it's been long enough to now we need to start figuring out what the fuck they're going to do. Either Hangman Page needs to get on board and become the leader of the fucking dark order or they need to separate and dark order needs to go back to being heels, which would probably be borderline impossible at this point or be the babyface faction that they're starting to become at this point. They are in too many fucking matches to not have some sort of direction, whether you're going for the tag team titles or the uh, TNT title or whether you jokers want to be the heavyweight champion. I don't give a shit. Just fucking figure it 
out. This is gone to the point where now, as the biggest Dark Order apologist on the pod, I've basically done the heel turn on these jokers, and I'm ready to either be like, you know, shit, or get off the fucking pot. Zach, thoughts on the Dark Order? Uh, I I like them. They're they're definitely geeks, right? Um, there's potential in some of them to be serious players, like you know, Jason said, like kind of have some direction, but. As of right now, they're they're comedy geeks, but they're kind of like adorable comedy geeks. They're kind of like uh, the uh, AEW version of the way, right? Like Gargano, at least is a very serious competitor, and he's like the leader, and he's champion, um, so that gives them some credibility. But Gargano without that belt, um, they'd be the same faction, um, and they'd just be comedy geeks like taking up TV time. And um, I don't know, I don't mind it so much, like, because they have such little TV time and they have, like, so few championships and such. Um, it just doesn't bother me as much. Like, I'm fine uh, with them kind of just being around. Um, but, I mean, a lot of them are good workers. I see a lot of potential, especially in guys like John Silver, um, to be, like, breakout stars. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's definitely Brody passing through a wrench in the works, so... I don't know anymore if it's going to be Hangman. Like, I know that they tease it for a long time, but um, who knows? Like, could end up actually being Matt Hardy, right? Like, um, we'll just see how it goes. But um, they, I don't know. Uh, what else were they in? They were in the Matt Hardy-Adam Page match. Um, they It was, like, the one of the greatest slingshot uh, clotheslines ever because he, yeah. like, fell back and they did, like, the trust fall thing. Um, but what else were they in? I'm trying to think on this card. They were in the uh, the tag team. Uh, oh, I missed battle that royal match. match or whatever. I think they I had two. Home. I, missed that whole match. I think they had two teams in that, and then Matt Hardy. They did, and uh, obviously Hangman Page. By the default, you have Dark Order kind of getting involved in that. Which, okay, let's just say they're they're in two matches, but they had they were in two, more than two matches because I was sitting neck I was sitting across from you, and I kept being like, "How many matches are they in?" Now I was stoned, but it seems like it was more than two. I thought it was three, but that's just me. I mean, three is still a lot. It's a lot. That's more than Inner Circle, and that and then Inner Circle to me is the premier faction of AEW. I don't know. It just seems to me like they've gone through so many iterations in the last year to where they were like dark and spooky and like they they were dressed like the Gimp and then uh, Brody Lee came in and then they were kind of like a little bit more organized and then they were like sympathetic baby faces and now they're comedy baby faces and it's... They're just, just pick something. Just pick it and, and go with it. And I don't I, give a shit what it is. I've just been, uh, you know. Whatever. No, look, I, I will give you credit. You have been anti Dark Order. I've been pro Dark Order. I don't, now I'm at the point where I'm like, look, shit or get off the fucking pot. Okay. Uh, I I appreciate the credit. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. I know you like to hear you're right. What do you think about uh, what you think about the Young Bucks match? Go ahead, Tuber. I saw your tweet. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, dude, like, in my like estimation, they're like the greatest tag team I've ever seen in my life. Ooh, like, what, was, what was my tweet? <laughs> your, tweet <laughs> your, your tweet was just uh, you're like you're like I get it. The young the young bucks are good. They're fine. I just don't want to see them anymore. <laughs> like you're just like, <laughs> like oh my god. Like 
you, I'm reading you, it you, right now. I do. I do they not. don't do anything for me. And then all caps, nothing. I, I, I don't know what kind of mood I was in. Yeah, yeah I, I know. <laughs> he was bringing the heat. I had eaten a lot of White Castles. <laughs> there was, don't blame the White Castles now. There was weed pens everywhere. There was beer. There was shots. Uh, no, don't blame that shit. Yeah, That's in your heart. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, I rewatched that match today. It was pretty fucking good. <laughs> And see, that's what I'm talking about. See, Sunday, he's over here. God bless Bill. He's over here like, I don't get the Young Bucks. I don't get them. They're just too fucking cute. They do shit that's too fucking cute. I'm like, well, you know, Bill, you know, this is what tag teams do. You know, they work in tandem. That's why I kind of like the Bucks. You know, one would jump over the top rope. One would jump through the middle rope, and it looks cool and everything. This motherfucker was not having it on Sunday. (laughs) Not even close. I'll just say this. Looking... At the time on Sunday, I wasn't a huge fan of the match just because it it felt predictable, but the match was still good. But it left inner circle in this like little limbo gray area you had going on. They rectified that shit real quick on Wednesday night. And I don't want to jump too, too far into Dynamite on Wednesday, but I'll just say this. The little disappointment that I had from Sunday like I said, to me, it was quickly, quickly rectified on Wednesday night. It wasn't the golden prediction that I kept on touting that was going to happen, but this is probably, to me, the next best bet because now this is where AEW hit the mark. You had all these other guys in a different angle, FTR, Sean Spears, Tully, um, and Wardlow, obviously, with uh, MJF. So you all you had these guys with basically going on a different angle. This wasn't the group that I thought was going to come out on Wednesday night. And when they did came out, it was it kind of took me by surprise, and it was great to see. But I guess there's my biggest problem with this is that the inner circle to me is the dominant faction, well at least up to this point. And the fact that we're even having this discussion to me is is the problem to itself. Um, I, don't, I thought it was a good match. Like the story of the match was, uh, they tried to hit the Melter driver and it kept getting broken up in a variety of ways. And I think uh, it being you hear Jr. being so excited whenever uh, MJF had that slobber coming out of his mouth, he's like, "It's a slobber knocker," <laughs> uh, and that was like totally meme worthy. Um, MJF rules, but uh, yeah, the, yeah, you said the predict the prediction I think was pretty. Uh, predictable or the, the, the finish, yeah. I, I will yeah. I will say though that the young bucks they do get fucking cute though, right? Like it's like that's their whole gimmick. I'll say this. Yeah, that that does listen, I I I like the young bucks. I don't love them. But, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. I'll say this and and probably my other problem with this pay-per-view. The Young Bucks get cute and they execute. A lot of guys were trying to be cute on Sunday night and weren't executing. And well, it was being very obvious. That's because they look to the Young Bucks. The, the Young Bucks are, you lead from the top down, right? No question. No question. And, and, it, and it's, a lot it wasn't just There's in, a lot of cute shit that happens in AEW that I wish was a little less cute. Moving on to something that I didn't like at all was the Sting... 
Darby <laughs> Allen. I don't even know why match. I was looking at you like, what's he getting ready to say? Duh. <laughs> and I'll just say this. I, I think it has less to do with the talents involved and more to do with cinematic matches. When, when Matt and Jeff Hardy, Matt really, when he introduced the cinematic matches to the TNA universe, there was something completely off the wall, completely unique, and something that at least threw a little bit of a change up into pro wrestling. Now that they've become more commonplace, I would really just rather watch dudes wrestle in the ring. You know, it's the same thing that I would say about last men standing matches and false count anywhere matches. It's like, well, I don't want to see false count anywhere. I want to see guys wrestle in the ring. Um, I didn't hate this sting match any more than I hated uh, other cinematic matches. I think it's just the idea of the cinematic match and that the, the, the way that, you know, not to overuse the, the word, but the way that they've just gotten a little bit too cute lately. And it kind of makes me retroactively hate all the ones that I've liked before. Zach, tell me why I'm wrong. I mean, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, it's just like your opinion, man. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I know, but for the sake of the podcast, tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah, uh, I think that this was a very well-executed cinematic match. Uh, but, I mean, if they're not your cup of tea, I can totally understand that. Um, I think Sting looked good, um, and you want him to look good. Um, you know, it showed, you know, and it, it hides some stuff, right, the cinematic aspect. I did think it was a little bit weird that they had commentary over it. Yeah, because I thought that the graveyard match had a little bit more kind of ambiance with a lack of commentary. And um, I don't know, if you haven't seen the boner yard match, that might turn your mind around on a cinematic match. Um, <laughs> that thing is entertaining as hell. But uh, from talking Chopamania. But, um, oh, okay. I'm like, what yeah, the like, fuck? I thought he was talking about a porn. <laughs> Yeah, it, it almost is. Yeah. I'm like, okay, can you spell that so I can get it right for uh, I mean, yeah. I'd watch it's it. Doc, Doc, Doc Gallows and uh, Carl No, Anderson no, no. I'm, 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 I, I thought it was Carl Anderson and his hot Asian <laughs> wife. She she is in the uh, she is in the show, but uh, oh, good, no surprise. The it's worth it. But, uh, but, yeah, anyway, like, uh, I just had, like, definite kind of Lucha Underground vibes of, like, whenever Lucha Underground was, like, good, um, just the way that they shot it. And, you know, I like the intro stuff. Like, they made everybody look really cool. It was, like, I was, like, happy with it. Like, uh, you know, happy with the finish. Um, it did finish in the ring. Sting got to do his move. I kind of marked out. Um but, you know, I, I also like that it breaks up the show. People said the show was long. I don't want to pay 50 bucks for something and it be two hours long and suck. Um, I want to get my money's worth. And if they want to break up the action, this is a good way to break up the action, right? It's not a popcorn match, but it kind of gives you a different vibe. I saw Schindler's List at the Dollar Show in 1993, and there was an intermission there. Oof. And I paid a dollar. And... I was there for three and a half hours. Yeah, I was about to say, Schindler's List is a long fucking movie. Yeah, I got my money's worth. So, where'd that get me? See, you ain't shit. Um, <laughs> was the intermission for wiping off or what? Oh, <laughs> 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 
That was a great question for a dinosaur. Fuck, I thought that was still cold blood. Give me a cold blood. Cold blooded is his name. You ignorant. God damn. I lost my train of thought. Um, Sting. Um, I don't have a problem with this match. I had no expectations coming into this because it, it was Sting. It's a, a cinematic match. It's just a time to kind of look, let your imagination run free. Outside of the fact that Brian Cage basically was rolling over everybody, I didn't have a problem with this match. And I'm not saying that Brian Cage shouldn't roll over everybody. He should, I guess, if there was a reason why Sting and Darby Allen shouldn't have won this, which there really is. And, I mean, this is wrestling 101. Sting's not going to come back and lose this first match. I guess Brian yeah. Cage. <laughs> Unless you're in WWE. Nigga, don't even get me started. Triple H. <laughs> At WrestleMania, <laughs> right. Anyway. Wrestling 101. Well, okay. That, I'm that, just saying. That's okay. I know. This goes back to where what Zach was talking about, the difference between AEW and WWE. No doubt. WWE brought Sting in. That, um, what was that? Survivor Series here in the loo. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler was probably one of his last great moments where he basically fends off the authority. The crowd goes nuts. I'm like, man, this is another Dolph Ziggler push. I'm coming out as Scott Trade. Like, yeah, Dolph Ziggler's getting that next push. Womp, 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 womp. Nope. Dolph Ziggler wasn't getting shit. So they end up bringing that. Sting in, and then the next thing I know, Sting's getting worked over at WrestleMania, for God's sakes. How you gonna let Sting get worked over at WrestleMania? Against Triple H. Like, Triple H hasn't lost a match in his damn life at WrestleMania. It was a good time to probably let Sting go ahead and go over at WrestleMania. So, that's give AEW credit on that scenario. Triple H is better. I don't give a shit if Triple H is better. Okay, just wanted to put that out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he said it. Okay, I don't care. That's bonkers. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We don't have time to get. We don't have time. I was getting ready to say, I'm like the Homer Simpson that, so. gift. I'm like, you know, let me go ahead and get back in these bushes. This one's gonna get ugly. Nah, me and Zach never get too far into it. <laughs> I'll just say this: I like the match. I like the. Apparently, Darby Allen had a nice little hand in this. So, if that's the case, I'll give credit where credit is due. Um, Sting looked good. Brian Cage looked great. Ricky Starks look good in the, his little, um, I guess, ATF outfit. The match itself worked. I didn't think it would would be as enjoyable as it was, but I found myself kind of getting into it as the match went along. Obviously, Sting and Darby winning is no surprise, but I thought getting from point A to point B was cool. This is an exact... Honestly, Brian Cage carrying Darby Allen up a flight of stairs oh. in a vertical suplex is probably the best thing on the show. Fuck! Yeah. I was just getting ready to read this. I was just getting ready to say this is I, I'm showing Jason so you know I'm not lying. Yeah. I was just getting ready to say this was the exact text from Vice Sunday night at 9:19. Cage walking that mofo up the stairs in the suplex position was unbelievable. Okay. I mean and that to me was more so of a Brian Cage kind of like, you know, hey motherfuckers don't forget about me type shit more so than Sting and Darby Allen winning. Um, uh, let's. I mean, let's get some other matches. We spent a lot of time on some stuff, but we also had uh, Page versus Hardy. Right guy went over. Nice middle of the card. M- nice middle of the card. Match. Probably didn't even need, need to be on the pay per view, but it was a storyline that kind of ca- caught a little uh, traction. Right guy probably went over. What you think, Zach? 
Yeah, it was a totally fine match. And, uh, yeah, nice, uh, happy ending. Um, the, uh, the ladder match for the tag teams uh, ends up having Death Triangle, Phoenix, and Pack going over. I think that's the right move. They are certainly the most fun tag team to watch uh, out of the guys that were in there. What did you think, Zach? Oh, yeah. I mean, that is the right group to win or the right duo to win because certainly the most dynamic, certainly the match that I want to see the most, like selfishly, and not to jump too far ahead, but it got us a great curtain jerker uh, this Wednesday as well. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, totally happy with that. Uh, Scorpio Sky wins the uh, ladder match for the uh, shot at the TNT title. We can. I mean, it's hard to yeah. talk about. Th- it's hard to talk about this Beth, if- without without that other thing. And that there's the next thing that I was getting ready to to kind of go on. Go ahead. I've said it before on this podcast. I don't necessarily mind shit talking. Shit talking to me is fun. I think it brings a little spice to life. You know, it keeps everybody on their toes. And it makes things a little more fun. This brass ring looked like a Sonic the Hedgehog ring from Sega back in the day. I get it. It's a shot across the bow. But I don't think this was even really necessary at this point. This was one of those times where they were just trying to be too cute. We get it. No, we get it. Everybody's going after the brass ring. It's the Vince McMahon, you know, fucking joke. You didn't need that shit. Pick any, pick a prop of your choice, hang that son bitch up, and just go. You don't have to always go after WWE at every fucking turn. And this was a queer shot. Did it For me, it didn't make the mark because it was just that obvious. And, it, and it wasn't even funny. What did you think, Zach? I was definitely on the nose. Uh, I actually thought of you whenever I thought of thought Bill would be like, ah, that's a little cute. But, uh, you know, that was the prediction uh, with Scorpio Sky. And it was a good match. It was a little scary, a little sloppy at times. Uh, a lot of these ladder matches are, just by the nature, you know, just amazing what these guys can do athletically. Uh, but um, it can get a little scary sometimes. So, uh, but yeah, it was a fun match and, Cody is a goddamn monster for taking that Canadian destroyer on the uh, on that ladder. That was cool. That was a cool spot. <laughs> that was a great spot. Um, this, I, because I was a little bit more boisterous Sunday night. <laughs> I this kind of turned the pay per view. I, I kind of turned against the pay per view at this point because of that brass ring. Like I remember saying. I remember Joey agreeing with me, which Joey doesn't tend to do all the time. But I remember saying, you know, I would prefer that AEW just kind of pretend that WWE wasn't there. Much less give Vince the power of one of Vince's expressions that's been made fun of ad nauseum for at least 25, 30 years. Is that the guy's supposed to grab the brass ring and then have the brass ring be what the guy is supposed to grab to get the TNT championship. It really did just seem it. It just seemed to me like it's all a little too inside. It's all a little too shoot for me. It's all a little too. I'm not even going to say the word because right. that's what it, that's, that's what it was to me. And though, and you have a bunch of guys in there that, 
I mean, you got Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, Cody, Lance Archer, Penta, Max Caster. I Max mean, Caster was a, a surprisingly good entrant. I did not think that he would be. That was not. That Those are not non-serious wrestling guys. And to have them trying to grab a huge brass ring seemed to me really gimmicky and kind of, uh, you know, I'm not going to be so dramatic as to say insulting or anything, but it just, it didn't have to be that. It, it could have been, like you said, it could have been, it doesn't have to be a briefcase either. Just fucking have it, the letters AW hanging on the, on the fucking rail. Yeah, have it be like a, have it be its own. I, I don't know. Have it be a fucking folder. I don't give a shit. Yeah. The brass ring I thought was, was taking it, was a shot, obviously, but then it backfires because the main event really kind of makes you look like the quote-unquote minor leagues that AEW haters want you to be. Well, plus, it's like, it's it's a shot across the bow at who? Like, who's the joke for? Is that supposed to insult Vince McMahon? Is it supposed to make us laugh? I don't get who the joke is for. <laughs> Just fucking have a match. I think it, it, it distracted from the whole match for me. I'll, and, I'll say it like this. For me, when I saw it, obviously, I think of Vince McMahon, number one. I think of WWE talent, too, especially those like Cesaro that seemingly have the talent in the world but just can't grab the brass ring. And they just kept hammering, you know, reaching for the brass ring, reaching for the brass ring. So, I mean, not only do you have this ridiculously fucking large brass ring that everybody's going after, but commentary is hammering it home. Look at Scorpio Sky reaching for the brass ring. Look, motherfucker, we don't need all that, okay? The fact that Um, you got this is enough. You don't have to then pile on top of it how they're reaching for the brass ring. Go ahead, Tubir. I'm pretty sure it's just Adam Page's cock ring. <laughs> I could be wrong. Uh, Unbelievable. If you, but if, if you guys' like, uh, reaction to the brass ring is this, I can't wait till they do the uh, break the glass ceiling ladder match. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'll say, as long as the glass is actual glass, then that's half the start. Yeah, as long as it's not <laughs> Kingston, like, <laughs> just, just buddying up next to Moxley. Um, okay, so speaking of... WWE talent. Uh, we have to talk about uh, Christian. Christian Cage, which is still hard for me to say, but Christian was revealed as the big signee, uh, big Hall of Fame signee. Uh, Hall of Fame worthy. Hall of Fame worthy signee uh, that the big show was talking about. I really didn't. This was not a disappointment to me. Like, if people were expecting Brock Lesnar. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I didn't know until afterwards that people were like, "Oh, we thought it was going to be Brock Lesnar." Idiots. We thought it was going to be Kurt Angle. Idiots. We well, gonna... I shouldn't say that. That's me. I, I say mean, Kurt Angle. But Kurt Angle. But like, even if it was Kurt Angle, is that bigger than Christian? Like, it's not. I mean, it's bigger than Christian. But Kurt Angle can't wrestle anymore. Christian certainly can. This wasn't a disappointment to me. Like people, who else were they expecting? Uh, CM Punk was the the next big one, and there was no. I, I, I don't see that either. Did it even come up last week during the podcast? I think we we kind of talked about it. I said I, Rob but, Van Dam was my guess, right? But we all kind of landed on it's probably Christian, right? Yeah, it was probably the safest of the bets. And was I? I I wasn't disappointed. Were you disappointed, Tubir? 
No, I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't like over the moon either. I think part of the um, problem as a whole for this pay-per-view is they kind of over-promised and under-delivered, right? Like if they wouldn't have said anything and then Christian just came out on the pay-per-view, that's a pop, right? Um, to set it up, uh, you know, five days in advance. That's not selling a pay-per-view. I can just be on Twitter and see who the surprise guy is. You know, the, the match sells the pay-per-view. So I think they should have just had him come out kind of like Moxley did, you know? I agree with that. I like that. I think that kind of Christian wasn't a bad choice. It was just once again, you said it best. AW Revolution overhyped and underdelivered. Christian is going to be a solid addition to this roster. You can go back and see a lot of his singles matches. The, his uh, feud against Randy Orton is one of my favorite fucking feuds. Even though I hated the one more match premise, they've had some banger ass matches. Oh, Christian rules. There's okay. no, no doubt about it. So you, if you want to bring that talent over to A-Dub, I like that, number one. And number two, more importantly, he's not beating Kenny Omega for the title. You're going to set it up to where their paths will cross. They'll have a really good to great match. Omega goes over, and then Christian can fall back to where Sting is, somewhere in the mid-card, where then they can start, you know, putting guys over. I don't have a problem with Christian coming over because, A, I know he's not going to win the title, and, B, chances of getting good matches significantly increase with him being on the roster. I I mean, I can't argue with that. Maki Ito got a great pop, and it's because nobody expected to see her. Right. And she's not even a good wrestler. Like, she's pretty <laughs> bad at it. Like, and, but, like, she's really she's good at being a, but she's really good at being a star. Like, uh, she's, she's a character. She's not good at being her. Yeah. Chris, she would be great in WWE. She got a huge pop. Yeah. She'd be great in WWE. I don't think that uh, – well, I shouldn't say that. Her character could get over in AEW. We got some more Christian stuff think, coming up because we're going to talk about it on Wednesday night. What were you going to say, Zach? Oh, I was going to say, I think she'll be she'll thrive in AEW. Like, just because, yeah, I follow her on social media and stuff, and I don't know. I, I love her, but it's funny because I usually uh, kind of rate people how I enjoy them as wrestlers through their work rate, and um, I do not <laughs> think she's very good, but I love her. No, she's... Uh, I liked her in the the, uh, the AEW Women's Tournament, and then on Wednesday when she was at the uh, the top of the stage singing while everybody else was fighting, that's when I was like, okay, see, I like this chick. What are we missing from? We've talked about this pay per view for fifty minutes. What are are we missing? Anything? I feel like we covered we didn't everything. mention the women's match, but I mean, yeah, we did. We did miss the uh, Sheeta versus uh, Rio. I Sheeta goes was, over. Arguably. Could have been a match of the night. I like Moxley versus Omega, even though the finish was absolute horse shit. Um, I just... Not the finish to the match. The finish to the segment. The finish to the pay-per-view was horse shit. Okay. The finish to the match was fine. Okay. All right. The finish to the pay-per-view. If you take away the exploding thing... If you take away Eddie Kingston running down and all that, If you just have the match, it was fucking spectacular. Yeah. It was... I liked it better than their... Uh, lights out match. Their lights out match. Yes, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I was gonna say there was a lot of cringeworthy spots in that match, and that to me is half the battle. If you're gonna go out and do it like this, 
there was multiple times where I'm just like, ooh, stop. Ooh, ooh, Plus, stop. <laughs> I should I should, you know, emphasize that we have more AEW coming up <laughs> in the show. So <laughs> let's get to that too, Cam. We should have just comped it all in the one. Well, we're not Three. I mean this is only episode one ninety six. <laughs> like what the fuck do we know? Uh Zach, tell us about uh the two count. Two count, uh Let's switch it up a little bit, um, just because we've been talking about AEW for so long. Uh, we'll go to NXT. Uh, we had a big announcement. Uh, William Regal starts Two to big announcements. Two big announcements. Yeah. So we're going to get, those of you guys who don't know, uh, we actually are going to get a takeover WrestleMania week. It's going to be Wednesday on USA Network, Thursday on Peacock. So it's a two-day takeover, just like there's a two-day WrestleMania. And so that's interesting. So have a two-hour takeover and then a few-hour takeover, probably. Uh, so that's cool. Takeovers are always great. They were definitely on the nose, right, with their branding takeover. They were like, they straight up said, like, we deliver, right? It's yeah. called, like, stand and deliver, right? Yeah, that's where I was just like, oh, is this a shot? Is this a shot? <laughs> I, feel, I, feel like they had to, I feel like they had to have that branding beforehand, but it definitely seems like one, yeah. uh, just, you know, a couple days after that. But they always do. They stand and deliver, you know? Uh, so that'll be cool. And then there was the second, um, very controversial, which I think I'll just let Jason talk about, uh, because as uh, Michael Wallace-Seals said on Twitter, we did not talk about the match last week, uh, and we can definitely roll it all into one here. But uh, he brings the women out, he, has, he puts them over, and uh, has Raquel and uh, Dakota come out and say, you know, you won the Dustin Championship. And you guys are now the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. And so they celebrate, and then they get in a match with Shotzi and Ember, and they promptly lose them. God <laughs> so, damn, man. I mean, yeah, come on, dog. They seriously? They look like total nerds. I mean, well, Dakota looks Dakota, like Dakota Kai looks is taking the biggest hit of, the, of them all because obviously she takes the pin one. But then, you know, she, like you said, they just got these motherfuckers. Okay, I mean, it wasn't even like 20 minutes at the top of the show. They awarded the titles to Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I'm like, okay, that's great. You know, it's a little anticlimactic, but, you know, whatever. You know, they're the champs. You know, we'll move them to to take over, whatever the case may be. So so just let's rewind the tape to last week for 30 seconds. That tag team match last week obviously had multiple problems, not to mention the fact that, Adam Pierce oversteps his bounds, calling in referees. The wrong woman got pinned. Okay. And then I can't think what the third thing was, but it was really like three big fucking fuck ups on that to the point where it was it it made me literally roll my eyes by the end. I didn't even want Shane and uh Nile on the screen anymore. Just ship them back to SmackDown or Raw, wherever the fuck they're gonna go, and let them go. You've already fucked this one up enough. Screw the pooch. This one was even worse. How in the blue hell are you motherfuckers going to give the titles to the winners of the Dusty Cup without even having like a match first? I get you had this whole tournament and probably you can't have a match to have, you know, the winners get the championships. But that could have been like the easiest solution to get out of this. Not only did you give them the titles, you had the same team that they they beat come down and challenge him again. Let's run it back. 
So that's like some old fucking raw shit with the Hurt Business and fucking New Day. Oh, we we fucked up the finish. So let's just run it back. Let's have another match. At least they had the decency to separate the two matches. And then on top of that, the kicker, the kicker, wrestling 101. The champs can't lose the first title defense. And what do you have them do? They take the L just so you can have Raquel Gonzalez face Io Shirai at TakeOver more than likely. You could have did all that and not even have Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai win the titles. They have royally fucked this up so bad that I look at Shotzi and Amber kind of like, eh, yeah, good, good job. Y'all the champs, but damn, y'all should have been yeah, like the I mean, champs. They should have been the champs off the jump. Have the one match, winner wins the titles, instead of giving the titles to the to Dakota Kai and um, Raquel Gonzalez. I didn't like that, but I you really didn't have much of a choice because you booked yourself in that corner, and then you have them lose. Man, what kind of shit is that? Yeah, they didn't do a good job of establishing these titles. Not at, at all. all. As anything worthwhile. No. Um, all, yeah. you, all you're basically saying to me now is that you're getting ready to start hot-shotting this shit, which is fine. At least I know ahead of time not to take this shit seriously. That is that is such a that's such a leap. That does not bother me at all. doesn't bother me. Dude, are you serious right now? No. Oh, my God. I mean, yes, I am serious. But it, I, it's one thing when it happens, like, it's the first defense of the belt as a whole. It's one thing when it happens, like, due to injury, like, Finn Balor, you know, messed his shoulder up, first Universal Champion. That dude hasn't smelled red leather in like three years. Like, now he's the NXT Champion and we love him every single week, but he was never once back in that Universal picture just due to that injury. Uh, that's one thing, you know, out of his control. But this is the first, these are the first belts, and you're just automatically telling us that they pretty much mean jack shit. Defend it. I don't have to. Def- do I have to defend it? Yeah. Or do I have to just say that it doesn't bother me? Like it. Why it, does this not bother you? It, it, would it have bothered you less if they would have just said, "If you win the Dusty Cup, you have the belts," and then they lost in their first. But title that, that okay. That there is the the, big, pro- the problem is the is concept- that Regal just crowned them number one belts at the beginning of the show, and then they lost it. it this goes. This is a. This is the week before. That we, we didn't talk about it last week, okay? Adam Pierce has shit to do with NXT. But then all of a sudden, he's going to start calling down referees because the initial referee got bumped and he can't perform. That's not his job. That's Regal's job. Regal should have been the one. William Regal, Adam Pierce for the takeover stand and deliver. It's going to be a last Dude, man standing match. No, no. Okay, don't Last even, manager standing. No. <laughs> <laughs> no general manager, manager standing. standing. Actually, no, I'd watch Adam Pierce versus William Regal. Oh, dude, don't don't put that out in the air like that. They they got two days to fucking fill. You know that's gonna be a and, fucking match. They're both younger some, than Sting. Some Karen, some Karen wanders into the ring, demanding to speak to the manager, and that's how the finish happens. Dude, <laughs> oh, that's great. I like what we're I like what we're doing here. I, I don't I I, I I just don't care that much. Dude, I'm I guess, sorry. I guess so. You're okay. right. Uh, you you would say like uh, Bill said, like it doesn't bother me. And I, it doesn't bother me, right? It doesn't like it doesn't make me like mad. It doesn't like change my life at all. It's just like one of those things. Where I'm like, well, this show that I spend 
two hours every week looking forward to watching could be better, and no. it wouldn't be that hard. No, no, no. Like, but it, it doesn't bother me. But they're, they're brand-new belts, and they can always be built back up. They can always mean something later. They can. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter to me because, like, there's – there's children dying in Bangladesh. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it, it, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't bother me as much as some other things bothered me on this show or on AEW Revolution or on AEW Wednesday night, for instance. Um, but, like, it, like, I only have so much anger to put towards wrestling, and I certainly do put a lot of it towards wrestling. This part, I usually put like 90% of it into myself, so um, <laughs> it's hard for me to get mad at wrestling. I'm sorry. I just I think this is just absolutely bullshit. This is poor logic and poor booking all rolled into one to now where I feel bad for Dakota Kai because, like I said, she feels like the scapegoat in this whole thing. All right. Well, let's see if you like this a little bit better. What about Io Shirai versus Tony Storm for the belt? If there was a time to pull the trigger on Tony Storm to win the title, this is probably it. She's not over yet. She's not over in America yet. It's it's confounding. I agree. It's <sighs> confounding. But she has not found her character yet. She has not. She sure she she certainly shouldn't be taking away the belt from Io Shirai. At, so at this point, so Raquel Gonzalez is the next best choice. Fuck no. Io okay, Shirai so that too. I guess that's kind of my point. Io is basically running through this division to where now, if there's a title change that could, probably could be happening, I'd rather have Tony Storm be the champion versus Raquel Gonzalez. No knock against Raquel Gonzalez. I think she's going to be a, a big star on NXT just down the line. This is the Tony Storm time to make this shit happen because now she's lost. So now what do you do with Tony Storm? Send her back to the UK. Psst, dude, see, stop. See you, bitch. Like oh, go, go, uh, dude. What do, you, what do you think, Zach? I was super surprised that they didn't uh, put Tony over uh, just because EO's had it for so long. They, only, they did not like, only put her over. She tapped out. She lost via submission. Yeah, she, she, she's a heel, at least, so that doesn't bother me as much as if she was a baby face. But um, her... Just oh, no, winning, tapping out uh, is tapping out. You know, <laughs> said, like, um, said, you know, she's not over in the States. That, I, think I the disagree belt with that. Could help, could help her get her over. You know, if, if she's not, like, I think the belt could do that because he has had it for so long. Mm-hmm. That belt does mean something. And before that, it was... Shayna Baszler, who had it for a very long time, um, and before that it was Oscar, right? Right. Like, I mean, who had it for ever? Like that belt. Sprinkle in Amber. Those Moon. are the last three. Amber Moon has a a run there. She won it after Oscar went to the main roster, and then Shayna wins that's, the belt off of that's, Amber. That's an insane lineage. So I mean, I guess that's kind of my point in this scenario. Tony Storm might not be over in your eyes, but I think. Like Two Beer said, if you put the belt on her and let her do like a six-month run, she now starts to really start to, for those who don't know who Tony Storm is, now you know. But like I said, with with this L and especially the tap out, I'm not saying it's back to the line, but it's going to be a little bit before we see Tony Storm back in the title picture again. Fair enough. Uh, we had LA Knight and Bronson Reed had a backstage statement. They're having a match next week. We can talk about them next week. 
Uh, we had Pete Dunn versus Jake Atlas in a very uh, exciting, <laughs> a very, a very entertaining five minute match. No doubt. Uh, I thought that Atlas looked as good as you can look in a five minute loss. Dunn cuts a promo. What you think about this, Zach? I wish it would have been on the Hulu version because that sounds awesome. Those guys can both work great. So <laughs> maybe it'll be uh, on YouTube since it's like such a short Watch clip. Watch the whole thing. It was. Yeah, a, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was short, but it it was fun. No, um, I think the promo was the. I kind of think we glossed over the two day takeover, so I'm gonna jump on that first to kind of answer that next question. The two day takeover, I don't necessarily. I'm not a huge fan of it off the jump because I think takeover itself needs to, is special. And I think we've kind of gotten to a point where the three of us agree that less is more when it comes to takeover. I don't necessarily Always. think that two days of takeover is necessarily the move. I don't think you have the the talent to, to do two takeovers and have them both be successful. Now, that said... I think here's where takeover kind of I don't know if you want to if you want to try to stretch takeover out to a second day this is a match to do it. I don't think you necessarily need to do two days with this. That's just me. I just I'm I'm kind of stuck on this two day takeover thing because like I said WrestleMania two days WWE proper is a huge roster and you need to got you need all this time to get everybody time to get on the card. Takeover is different, man. You really a lot of these matches you probably could have just waited for Takeover to do and just been done with it. This felt like this was a lot of this was rushed and it's going to probably hurt these two days of Takeover moving forward, but you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, I guess. Imperium cut the promo after this, and I was surprised to learn that the members of Imperium that aren't Walter don't have accents. But <laughs> they decided to invite Timothy Thatcher back to their group, and they decided to let Timothy Thatcher ask Champa if it was okay with him. A very strange promo. Uh, Ciampa and Thatcher had a thing going on later on where Ciampa said, I'm not worried about those guys. I'm worried about their general who's back across the sea. That's the guy I'm worried about, which got me very excited as, uh, as Zach would say, I was hard. No, I don't think that's what he would say. Well, you know what he, he'd say something funnier. Zach, help this man out. What would Zach say? Something like yeah, half mast. I felt it move a little. Standing at attention. I don't know. <laughs> Chomp, Chompa versus Walter at Takeover sounds exciting. Now, that being said, Tompa versus or Tompa, Chompa <laughs> versus Walter at a Takeover with only five matches sounds a lot more exciting. But you know, I kind of feel like the two days of takeover thing is like when you have a really big gin and soda with a lime and a splash of squirt in it, and it's the summertime, and you're outside with your friends, and you're just kind of drinking it, even though there's like a pint of gin in it. <laughs> it, gets, it gets down pretty low. And there's no more ice in it. And then somebody comes over, and they're like, hey, like the host comes over, and they just put all the ice back into it. And it's still a drink. It's just not as good of a drink. 
that's how I feel about two days of takeover. <laughs> that's a great analogy. No, I don't. I, I don't have a problem with that. Well, that that's his thing. Uh, gin and squirt summertime. That's a summertime drink, bro. Oh, I guess, great. I guess I'm gonna have to wait and see how these matches unfold. I just don't think they have enough matches to do two days of takeover. But Walter Walter Chomp. Well, oh yeah, when he's sounds, when when he, he's when Chompa said it, it was like Ruh-ro. Now Chompa or Walter has had two of the match of the year candidates for BFR at the Beefers in the last two years. Agreed. Chompa versus uh Tyler Bate and then last year Chompa versus well, Walter versus Tyler Bate. Sorry. Walter versus Tyler Bate and then Walter versus Ilyanov? Uh Dragonoff. Dragonoff. I think I was the one that nominated that one. It's a good match. Walter versus Champa. I mean that that the, could that could also be a match of the year candidate. The thought of it makes me a little half staff myself. Yeah. I'll just say this. I'm not holding my breath. Um if Walter was going to come over, I guess this might have been the time to do it because Jordan Devlin is coming over. Um, and we can get into that in 30 seconds. We're getting ready to. Um, I just think that if this is going to happen, it's going to happen pretty soon because, I mean, shit. What is it? The 7th of uh, April is the first day or the 6th or the 7th. I mean, we're basically like three weeks away. April, Walter 7th, needs to, April 7th, April 8th. Walter needs to be getting over here so we can make that build. If not, then let's not even tease that unless this is going to be months down the line. And we're going to have to figure something out for the podcast, too, because mm-hmm. if the second one is on Thursday. You know, that's going to be a night. He's heating up. What? I didn't even say anything. I didn't, I didn't even do it. <laughs> uh, Why is everybody picking on me? Jordan Devlin. You saw I didn't even no, do you, that. No, the court hit it. <laughs> uh, Jordan Devlin cuts a promo, says he's coming after Escobar. So we're going to have Jordan. If we don't have Jordan Devlin versus Santos Escobar to find out who the true Cruiserweight champion is, I would be very surprised. If we're doing two-night takeover, it should only this be— This better be on takeover. Well, yeah, it will be. But it should only be five matches a night, right? So ten matches total. Yeah. This is a match that I would very much so be looking forward to. Uh, what do you think about it, Zach? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't? That's some really great analysis. What do you think, Jason? This is Sorry, like no I'm distracted. No, you're fine. Um, this is like <laughs> UFC type shit. You know what I'm saying? You have the interim cruiserweight champion in Santos Escobar, who's done a, a really good job keeping the uh the bar going, versus who I would consider the true cruiserweight champion in Jordan Devlin, who just got caught up in 2020, like most of us did. I guess. My only problem with this, and I was kind of having this debate last night on Twitter, Jordan Devlin was obviously a part of this speaking out movement, and the fact that he and others are... On the wrong end of it. On the wrong end of it, more so, I guess that's the better choice of words, being the accuser, or I'm sorry, the accused versus the accuser. I kind of, I want to really get into this match, but a part of me is kind of is holding back because of what has happened with Jordan Devlin in the past. Well, I think the match be great. Fucking yeah, I think this match is going to be great. I just, like I said, a part of me has a problem with this because of 
what has happened in the past and the fact that you have Jordan Devlin, Matt Riddle, other guys, uh, Austin Theory, that have kind of survived their speaking out movement and Velveteen Dream, God bless him, you can't find him anywhere close to NXT at this point. Maybe he comes back at uh, this two-day takeover event, but it it just seems a little... I guess disingenuous in the sense that you have certain guys that have survived it. Joe Coffey have survived uh, speaking out and Velveteen Dream hasn't. I'm not making this black or white. It's It probably seems like I'm making this black or white because the white guys are coming back to TV. The black guy isn't. It was just an interesting conversation that we were having a debate of who's who's still on TV and why they're on TV and why Velveteen Dream isn't. Yeah, I mean, the dream, uh, I think his situation was minors. I don't know about the, all the other people. I think it was just being shitty towards women in a variety of ways. Okay, um, so I guess. There is, that, there's a, there's is, a possibility there. I, I'm not saying it is. Or the, or no, 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 no. I, I guess here's my question. is To me, one is no different than the other. They're both equally bad minors go, go, going on going after Myers on in DMs might be a smidgen worse, but they're both things that I wouldn't want to. (laughs) There's things that I wouldn't want to have on my resume, so to speak. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I wouldn't put that on my resume. I wouldn't want either thing on my resume. (laughs) Really good at at grooming minors. Yeah. Or, you know, good at stalking women where they're not looking or, you know, something like that. To me that both are bad, but for whatever reason, Velveteen Dream, his accusations haven't been proven, and then on top of it, he's still off TV. We've talked about Velveteen Dream multiple times on this, and I think we can agree upon this assessment. Not having full sail behind him has hurt Velveteen Dream, at least character-wise. I think he has talent in the world. We can all agree upon that. I think part of the reason why, and I said it last night, he lost he lost his luster is that he's not, he's a character kind of driven kind of guy. So you need fans behind him to kind of make him bigger than life. And, and all, he doesn't have all, that. All this has happened during the pandemic, though. Like, it is impossible for us to even try to, you know, predict how Full Sail would have reacted to those allegations. Yeah, I mean, the speaking out thing happened entirely during the pandemic, right? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's funny that uh, they leave some of these guys off TV because if they're going to keep them on, obviously we're just waiting for the heat to go down. Well, now there's no fans and they can fake reactions. Like, they can bring them out and pump cheers and like, now's the time to do it. I mean, <laughs> it, actually get fans. And I doubt that a lot of fans will remember most of this stuff when they come back. But they have kept Velveteen Dream off. Velveteen Dream was hot for a while. I mean, hot. Like Vel- he was. Velvet, under- Velvet Underground, man. <laughs> he was. Uh, the Lost to Coal was kind of like. Velvet Above Ground. Yeah, right. But then Lost to Coal <laughs> in that uh, takeover or whatever. Uh, they, I want to say it was almost back-to-back losses, one with, that was on TV afterwards, and then the one on TakeOver, to me, was 
basically the start of the decline of Velveteen Dream, and we really haven't seen too much of him since. All right. Do we want to talk about uh, the Grizzly Young Veterans versus Legado del Fantasmo? Even though it didn't take very long, MSK came out acting like they were Fandango. Uh, I, uh, Brizango. Shit, I was about to say Tiger Breeze was there. Or, sorry. <laughs> Brizango. Uh, both tag teams that I like. Uh, do we want Do we want to talk about this? I thought it was a weird thing. wasn't on my version. I think we skipped to the main event, which was awesome. Let's skip to the main event. Skip to the main event. Adam Cole versus Finn Balor in a killer match, uh, takeover-worthy match. It was an Adam Cole specialty, which means that a lot of finishers were kicked out of. <laughs> Stop, man. Come on. I'm not even hating on it. I like it in Adam Cole no, matches. No, no. You're hating on it. No, I'm, I, I'm, really, not, I'm really not hating on it. No, I enjoy, William Vagy, you're going to sit here and look at me and how many times have we've had this conversation about – Kicking out of finishers and how you might, how you don't like it and how I'm starting to agree with it more and more as time progresses. Get off our lawn type shit, and now all of a sudden it's okay because it's Adam Cole. A lot of finishers. A lot. A lot of. Finishers. Okay, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Just stick to the script, <laughs> motherfucker. Damn. But it is very entertaining, without question. But I think that's why they do it. But there, there are certain times it goes a little overboard and it hurts finishers too. Zach, what do you think about the it's match? Like having, it's like having multiple orgasms instead of just one. And that's bad. How? Yeah, yeah, yeah the kicking out of finishers because you just you get that pop every time. I, uh, I need. A, it, I, I got a twenty-four hour turnaround time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you say this plane has landed We are not gr- leaving this ground For another 24 hours We need to get this token Hose re- down I'm in my refractory period Okay, <laughs> Let me have a couple sandwiches yeah. there, uh, there is no refractory period With these matches But uh, he I mean it was awesome Like if this was the main event of NXT Every week I mean Oh my god, that would be amazing. Even if it was just those two guys, like just keep doing it. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't get old for a long time. But Fuck, um, fucking great, yeah, it was good. No, I like this in the sense that this is the only match of the three title matches that I didn't have a huge problem with it because it actually sets up the two night of Takeover. Obviously. Kyle Riley comes out, looks like a fucking badass, a psycho badass where, you know, Adam Cole is getting ready to get this work. So you got that and on one of the nights and obviously the match that we've been kind of looking forward to and to a certain degree, Karrion Cross, the guy that hasn't lost the title versus Finn Bauer, the guy that won the title after Karrion Cross lost it and has been running a muck since. So, I like that. I like this match because, like I said, it sets up the two days of Takeover. It's the only of the the three title matches that I didn't have a problem with it. But once again, a little predictable, but nonetheless, solid ass match. First of all, Adam Cole looks so much more comfortable as a heel. Yeah, not saying he's a bad face because he's not a bad face. There are guys that are bad faces. There's Adam- women that are bad faces. There are women that are bad heels. Yes, and. Adam Cole is not a, one of them. Adam Cole is a good face. Too. He can do face, but he's much more comfortable as a heel. You can see it. I would say, man, I don't even like saying this. Say it. Say it. I think he's a better overall wrestler than Seth Rollins. 
I think you're right. Really? I don't think that Seth They're Rollins. I don't think Seth Rollins can league. do face as well. And so I, we're talking the whole package. We're no, talking. I'm, in, just ta- I'm just talking the whole package. I think Adam Cole does face better than Seth Rollins. They both do heels equal. Maybe kills him in promos. He kills him in promos. Adam Cole crushes Seth Rollins in promos. Let's just put so, that. So so you're with me and Zach. But man, okay. So yeah. to to get back <laughs> to get back to it. Adam Cole looks so much more comfortable coming out as a full-fledged heel doing his whole entrance with the boom, dun 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 dun, you know. Uh he wrestles better as a heel if you ask me. Finn Balor was great in this match. This was a perfect match. Uh, for one that you expected some sort of shenanigans at the end, which you did. You had to know O'Reilly was going to be making some sort of entry. If not it, during the match, after the match. Right. And as a pure babyface, he didn't actually interfere in the match. He just kind of showed up. Just kind of showed up. Hey, hey buddy. What's going on? <laughs> what the fuck? The only thing, the only problem I had, and this is really nitpicking, but. That's what we do. It's our podcast. We can nitpick. Is that. I didn't like when Finn Balor was standing in the ring and then said, what took you so long? And then the camera panned to carrying cross because that's the kind of moment that can't happen in a in in a, in a, an arena with tons of fans in it. Right. Because the fans would start going crazy once carrying cross. Now I understand when there's no fans there, there, they can try other things. And I do appreciate them trying other things. I don't, I don't hate it. It just wasn't my favorite. I would have rather that he came out of nowhere. The crowd would have started going crazy. But this is just me lamenting the fact that there is no crowd. Tubir, you want this? You want me to go? No, you go ahead. I'll refer to Moxley versus Omega since that was it's been kind of the the running theme of the the podcast up to this point. When Moxley came in to attack Kenny Omega first to set up their lights out match. You still heard the crowd anyway. So I don't necessarily think that it's that big of a deal. Do I agree with you? Yes, I agree with you. The crowd would have probably gave it away, but I still like the fact that you went tight up on um, Finn, and then he was like, so what took you so long? It was dramatic. It was artistic. Yeah. In that scenario, I like that. I like that more so than the fact that Kieran Cross was probably going to be coming up anyway, and the crowd the crowd would have gave it away. That to me was more so. That reminded me of when Mox came out and attacked at Kenny Omega the very first time, where it was tight on Kenny Omega, and then it you know it zoomed back, and all of a sudden you see Mox coming out of the fucking ground or whatever, like the boogeyman, <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, it's on. It, to me, it was the same thing. It just lost a little luster because you didn't have the fans behind it. And I totally agree with what you're saying. Okay. I don't necessarily agree with the fact that it was bad. It just lost a little luster. Uh, Zach, anything to add? No, I've got an appointment to get my pubes braided that I'm going to be late for if we keep going. Okay, let's keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Do you mean right now or later? Uh, No, it's in half an hour. Half an hour, let's keep going. Yeah, I've got time to condition. 
<laughs> All right, Phoenix versus Matt Jackson. Go, Zach. <laughs> yeah. Match rules. Um, I, I need to go back and look and see if it was uh, as good or better than the Nick Jackson Phoenix match. I feel like the Nick Jackson Phoenix match was better. I thought it but, was too. I mean, they're both just like great. I think Nick Jackson's like low key one of the best wrestlers like around. Like not even low key. I know he's part of the Young Bucks and all. There's AW tag team champs, like great tag team. But I'm just talking about just as a wrestler himself is so good. Uh, Bill has no idea which one I'm talking about. But uh, the one that didn't wrestle tonight. So. No, no, no. I was about to say we took. Five, ten good goddamn minutes, and I was like, you know, that's Nick. <laughs> that's Matt. Did you have some flashcards? No, he's like, which one yeah. is which? Which one is which? I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. How many weeks <laughs> do we go over this? Nick has the headband. Matt doesn't. Yep. But uh, this was a really good match and uh, totally set up a, you know, the, the um, you know, title match. Uh, Phoenix goes over, especially after he lost, like, just last week. I think it was last week or two weeks ago against Archer. Yeah, I was so. going to say, I think it. I'll go this far. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Nick versus Pac next week in some form or fashion, or even two weeks from now. I know they, they ran out like th- you know three or four matches for next week, but I think we'll get I'm that match. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the match I'm kind of looking forward to, and that's not even a knock against Ray Phoenix, because obviously for me, Phoenix or Pac – are both great. They're just great in, in different ways or whatever. Nick Jackson is the better of the two bucks in singles. So if you wanted to put Nick versus Pac, I'm good for that. Nick versus Ray Phoenix, I'm good on that too. The match itself, like I said, was good, and it's going to probably ultimately set up a death triangle um, Young Bucks match, and then the winner um, gets SCU, which has been the running storyline on AEW Dark for a while, where SCU is going to stay together until they lose their next tag team match. So, I mean, their next tag, tag team match, obviously, is going to be the winner of Bucks versus Death Triangle. So, basically, like I said, they'll be facing the champs. So, that'll be a nice, interesting fork of the road, whether or not they give the, the titles to SCU and let them run with it or they break them up afterwards but just to focus on the match the match was good I like the fact that um, we're teasing a possible singles down the line between Nick and Pac but um, Phoenix is the shit I mean let's just call it for what it is I'm I'm a little I'm a little disappointed that we're not seeing more Phoenix in singles but I mean he's such he's so talented I'll just take him on TV anytime I can get him how can you be disappointed though we saw him last night in singles. No, I mean like singles moving forward versus him and Pac being in this tag team. Well, Penta called out Cody last night after Cody squashed Seth Gargis. Sounds right. G-A-R-G-I-S. Yeah. So, after Cody squashed him, Penta called him out. Cody went from zero to 100. Uh, once Penta okay. said, yeah. you won't be able to hold your daughter. Okay. Game on, nigga. <laughs> Which is more making fun of Cody's arm than making fun of the daughter, but I guess, like, Cody had to know that he's in wrestling. Okay, I'm, I'm like, saying, I'm come saying, on, man. I'm saying kayfabe style. Kayfabe style. 
Cody had to know that he was going to go after him somehow. Like, why does he get so mad about saying you can't hold your daughter? Why not just be like, yeah, you know, I think I will be able to hold my daughter. Dude. I think it'll be okay. To beer, as a father, can you talk to the impending father on why Cody reacted as this way? I know why he reacted. What? I think Bill's in a better position to explain it than I am because I'm a father of three kids. Uh, and like between 18 and eight. And uh, he's, you know, just a few months from being a father for the first time, just like Cody. So he's I'm in the same position. I'm saying if you're going to, thank you. I can't wait to see you Father's Day. Uh, what the fuck is going <laughs> on? <laughs> I'm saying if somebody came up to me and said, I'm going to beat you up so bad, you're not going to be able to hold your new daughter. I would be like, well, that's no, I'd be like, no, you're not. It's like it, oh, it's no, not, you, yeah, it's, it's, it's what, not, excuse, excuse me, not, sir. Can not, you pass the great poupons? No, you're not, my good man. I will see you at dawn with pistols. Get the fuck out of here, it's man! Just, Come it's, on. It's not an insult to my daughter. It's just an insult to my arm, dude. I, I'll be unreal. The two guys on this podcast that are married, one with kids, one on the way, are the least offended than the guy that has no kids, no girlfriend, no ex wife. No nothing. I'm more offended about this than you guys are. That's unfucking. It's just. Evil. It's just not something that would make me angry. Wow. I mean, good if he says it's a good thing that Aaron does said, not listen to any of this. No, no, no. I, I think you're getting it wrong. If if the if the person were to say something terrible about my child or my wife, then I might get angry. But all or, or if he said that I had like feminine hips, I would get really upset. <laughs> right. But all Penta said was, I'm going to hurt your arm so bad you can't carry your daughter. Your firstborn child on the planet Earth. Wouldn't you like to hold your daughter or son? Yeah, but it's so ridiculous that it's dumb. Like, you can just lay a baby on the chest. Right, it's just... Man, Okay, you heard that, right? You heard that, right? 196, we're going to start laying Bill's unborn child whenever that comes out on a chest and hey, see how that works easy. out. Hey, take it easy. Okay, there Shut you go. <laughs> there you go. That's the fire I want to see. <laughs> oh, man, I want that drop. You can just lay a baby on a chest. <laughs> No, 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 baby's on the chest. It'll be fine. We're naming that baby Cornelius Two Beer Baby. Uh, we had then a super weird segment with the best, uh, with uh, what's his face? Uh, Chuck Taylor and uh, Orange Cassidy. Uh, I had a dream about it, weirdly, where I was in an arcade. Mm. Uh, then we had Sting come out. <laughs> Come on, man. You can't gloss, gloss over the fact that Lance Archer came out. At least there's that tease. Oh, I like Lance Archer. I love Lance Archer, man. I'm a big Lance Archer guy. Um, but I really didn't. Lance understand. Archer's a big Lance Archer guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like Lance Archer. I'm, I won't lie. I'll just say this. I'm not sure how far Lance Archer and Sting goes, if it goes anywhere. I think this is more so about Lance Archer and less about Sting. It's actually going to be Jake and Jake the Snake versus the Stinger. Oh Jesus! I'm joking. Jake can't even hardly walk. Dude can sting. Um, okay, we've already talked about <laughs> Omega and the Good Brothers. Okay, so let's talk about this segment here, Zach. We'll talk like adults here because uh, Jason's gone. So Kenny Omega and Good Brothers and Don Callis come out and 
as aforementioned, they do a great job of basically working the botch that happened at the end of the pay-per-view the other night, right? And then yeah. and then Eddie Kingston comes out. Uh, they make fun of Eddie Kingston. The 69 me callous or 69 me Don will will live forth in infamy for the rest of eternity because it was so ridiculous. I know that a lot of people didn't like it. They thought it was a, a bridge too far. I didn't hate it. Oh, man, it was great. I, I thought I mean, it was I, I popped. Yeah. I Made thought, me wish my name was Don. I thought it was funny also. <laughs> <laughs> Moxley came out and defended Eddie Kingston. Once the brawl was going, Christian came out and kind of walked down slowly and then got in Kenny Omega's face. Zach. Are we looking forward to a Christian Kenny Omega match? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a pay per view headliner, and I don't think Christian's going to take the title from them. But um, I feel like it would be an amazing barometer to show that Christian can still work because he looked really good in that Royal Rumble. And I mean, that's a Royal Rumble; it's a little bit different. It's not like a long singles match, but uh, I mean, he's a great worker, and he still looks like he's in good shape. So, I mean, why not? Okay. I mean, Kenny Omega on a big Wednesday night, not not pay-per-view, just like to go up against uh, TakeOver, okay. uh, you know, on the, on that Wednesday show. That's fair. That's fair. If it's not a big pay-per-view match, and you know what? Dynamite has done a good job of having big matches that aren't pay-per-view matches. Winter is coming. Yes. Yeah, Beach Break. Jason, what I'll... Winter is coming was way better. Though. What I'll ask you is... How is this different from TNA? And I, I'm not saying that's the same as TNA, but I'm... No, it, it does have its parallels. I mean, it would be foolish to say otherwise. Why I think this is different than TNA is because the veterans aren't running the roost. You do have your veterans on this roster, obviously, but especially after last night's, um, I was going to say impact, but um, dynamite or whatever. The one, the biggest veterans in Chris Jericho, they basically got Molly whopped at the end of the, uh, the show or whatever the case may be. Sting feels like he's kind of almost a Darby Allen sidekick. He's not going after the title. Even if Christian does go after the title, I think this is the scenario where, like you guys said, this is going to be on a Wednesday night where it's putting Kenny Omega over. Kenny Omega gets over while Christian – well, I'm sorry. Kenny Omega goes over while Christian gets over, and Christian can kind of fall back into the fold. Kenny Omega can move forward to the next uh, world title matchup. But let me ask you this. So Christian right now is – 47, right? He's 47? Jesus. He's my age. He is 47. So. I know he can go then. Shit, he might take Katie Omega's punk ass. (laughs) I'm joking. (laughs) Go ahead and answer the question. When TNA began and Kevin Nash made his TNA debut in 2002, he was 43. Apples and oranges. Um. 
Is it? Yeah. Is uh, is it apples and oranges? Look at the two guys. I okay. think I think honestly, and I'm not saying it to to defend AEW. I think that if you look at the two guys, look at the two styles. Kevin Nash is going to take a little more physical punishment, at least on joints, on bones, to where his movement is not going to be the way it could be, or maybe it should be in certain scenarios. Christian has always, and a lot of people, Christian. His best run was not in WWE. It was in TNA. Him and Kurt Angle had their best matches in TNA, and people don't remember it or they've never seen it. Go back and take a look at some of those matches in TNA. You uh, tell me you can't see Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage having a good-ass match on a Wednesday night. No doubt I can see Christian and Kenny Omega have a great match, but... Like, I thought the point was is that they were supposed to be different from WWE. They were supposed to be they are being different. new stars. When, if, if, go, if, if, Christian, new stars. if Christian beats Kenny Omega, then let's start talking. Darby Allen's a new star. Scorpio Sky's getting ready to start getting built up. I'm not saying I didn't that. even know who Orange Cassidy was until AEW came around. Sure. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Okay, but I, I want you to prove it to me. Like, I, like I'm okay. one of those idiots that you talk to okay. on Twitter, okay? Here's one of my biggest problems with that kind of argument is that if people leave WWE, they're not supposed to go to Impact or AEW or go over to New Japan. Once w, you leave WWE or they're done with you, that's it. Go home and pack it up. No, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Put food on the table keep moving, keep grinding, and do the thing that you love. I'm not mad about anybody going from WWE to AEW. My biggest problem with this whole with this whole battle or war, whatever you want to call with it, is guys like Goldberg. Goldberg has no business, especially against The Fiend. Zero business beating The Fiend. I if know he, AEW could sign Goldberg, would they? Probably not. I would, well... I think they would go if if you wanted to get one or the other, you would probably go Lesnar first, Goldberg no, second. Not, but if you want Lesnar Goldberg, it's Goldberg Christian. I think they got the right guy then. I'll okay, go that but far. But who would they go for? Because Goldberg ain't going to AEW. But in a perfect world, let's ask Zach. There you go, Zach. Uh, if AEW, if a if you think AEW had their druthers, who would they take, Goldberg or Christian? Oh, like in between the two of them, Christian, because Christian looks like he can he still has gas left in the tank. Goldberg's there to pop one pay per view. Um, you can get more mileage out of Christian and have him put a guy, you know, put some guys over. C Shack, that's all I'm going to say. You guys are fucking kidding yourself. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Why? I'll just say this. You got Goldberg and Sting. If you want to put somebody over and start running everybody down, there's your guy. Sting is not coming in and doing what they've had Goldberg do. Goldberg came in and beat Kevin Owens. He comes in a year later and beats 
the Fiend both for titles. It's not like all of a sudden, you know, we dropped him into a match and then, you know, we built it up. It's like, okay, I know you've been gone, but come on back. Face one of the hottest guys in Kevin Owens that we built up. That John Cena fucking feud was magic. They built Kevin up so good. And the next thing you know, here comes fucking Goldberg just to set up Goldberg and Lesnar. You could have done that without having Kevin Owens. You're looking in my eyes. You're saying this. I know you're trying to get me worked up. No. I've already. (laughs) I'm spent on all this. You know how pissed off I am about all this. Okay. That's the the difference between AEW and WWE. I don't have a problem with Christian coming in because I know in my heart of hearts he's here to get guys over, get Kenny Omega moving to the next feud, the bigger feud, whether it's Moxley or Pac or somebody else versus what WWE does. I am not trying. I'm not trying to be one of those guys that's like I'm playing devil's advocate, but actually believe what I'm saying. I'm actually playing devil's advocate. Oh, oh, shit. Going up the nose. <laughs> yeah, that was a great question for a dinosaur. Oh, damn. That went up my nose. Okay, we're good. <laughs> what I was trying to say is uh, look at, you can see the lines. <laughs> it's like the beer's coming what out of I, his nose. What I was trying to say is Kenny Omega could fight all sorts of guys that we want to see. Having him fight Christian might sound like a dream match, but it also sounds very, I guess, pro wrestling, where it's a young guy versus the old guy. It can be a great match, but the outcome is already determined. Like, okay, so what? Like uh, on Impact, you're going to have Swan versus Moose for the uh, the unified Impact title. The winner gets. Kenny Omega. That's that's why I'm not mad about this whole Christian thing. That's exciting to me. Okay, that's why I'm not mad about this whole Christian thing. To me, the Christian thing is the bridge to get to this bigger... Is that actually happening? That's happening. I, I didn't know that. Okay, okay, so on Tuesday on Impact Wrestling... Did um, you know that, Zach? Yeah, it's super exciting. Okay. Fucking Mark. No, you need to watch more Impact Wrestling. Shit, just go to the end. I watched so much wrestling. Then he has three major belts. Right. He's got the AAA belt and the AW, and then I'll have the Impact. And then who knows? Like, watch him, like, Japan. A lot of guys are like, you know. Omega versus Swan sounds awesome. Omega versus Moose sounds really fucking good. No, I'm sorry. You talk about guys that got me too. Moose didn't have a very good run there either. No, I'd say he, obviously that's Actually, the reason why. Rich yeah, I was going to say both guys are out of the WWE for, you know, whatever reason, both relating to the speaking out movement. I'll just, like I said, that's why I'm not worried about Christian. Christian is here for a reason. And they basically put it out there in the last two days between Tuesday and Wednesday. I just want to put it out there just for everybody here. Christian has never been me too. So, uh, Ethan Page versus Lee Johnson, I'll talk about. We have Scorpio Sky versus Darby Allen. Scorpio Sky turns heel at the end of the match. I thought he was already heel coming in, but this was the heel turn. They they fist bumped before the match, which shows he's not a heel. What do you think, Zach? Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, really great spots. This is a really good match. Uh, I mean, you can argue, like, what Scorpio Sky, mm-hmm. you know, do from here. But at the same time, at least he does have a new character. So there is that. Like, it's like, it's not just, oh, I took a loss. I'm going to go, you know, sit on my thumb and catering. Like, he's got a new character. Maybe they'll give him an edge. Maybe he'll come back for it. Uh, I don't, I don't know, but uh, the match was good. That cutter off the tope was <sighs> when he when uh, Darby came like through the bottom or whatever, and he caught him with the cutter. That was nice. I I hadn't seen that before. I'll just say this: I like Scorpio Sky. I just I wish they had just went full heel turn and let just let Scorpio be the heel, Darby be the 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 face, and just be done with it. This is twice that Darby Allen has kind of escaped with the title. Once with Brian Cage and now with Scorpio Sky. I'm not knocking Darby Allen. I'm just saying that he's escaped a couple of times with the TNT title when he's been on the roads both times. Have you ever had mice in your home where, like... No, that's why I got cast, motherfucker. Yeah, but, like, they can... Like, I had mice in my home a couple of years ago, and... They can get through like the smallest of spots, and you'll think you're like smacking the spot with a shoe, and like you think it's dead, and then the mouse just pops out from underneath <laughs> the floor. Is that Darby Allen? That's how I think about Darby. Allen. <laughs> 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 you call that man a mouse? He's tiny. You know, Darby Allen would be happy to be smacked with that shoe. Yeah, no, I know. He's like uh, he's like Chuck Rhodes in Billions. He likes getting beat. Um, so there's, uh, there was one big angle, very big angle that I did not know until this afternoon because I managed to go to bed last night without knowing who won NXT and what happened in the main event segment of AEW. Wow, you bad at me. It both happened to me at noon today when I started watching it, and I also watched New Japan Cup, but the inner circle... I wouldn't say they really broke up, but MJF formed his own they tribe. They kicked out MJF to have MJF now and get his own tribe. MJF, FTR, Tully Blanchard, Wardlow, and Sean Spears. And now it's them. It's hard to say where Guevara stands. No, Guevara's on the... I think it's the OG inner circle. Versus, yeah, versus the... Um, the MJF faction, which has yet been named. The revelation is on uh, Twitter. I kind of like that a little bit. At least it plays with FTR, but we'll figure it out. Is this not... Listen, guys, I don't want to be the negative guy here. You didn't like this? It feels like Jason's always the negative guy. I feel like I've been the negative guy for the last month or so. Is this not super WCW? Like, why is this so, like, why are there so many fucking factions full of tons of dudes? Is that why you're watching no, no, wrestling? That's, they, do that in, they do that in New Japan, too. It just, uh, they don't play into yeah, the Yeah, but New ja- in New Japan, there's, in New Japan, there is not as much outside interference during matches. A bullet club? There's way more. I was ex- I was gonna say, except for Bull Club and Gato. I mean, does Which not, is a huge faction. Does Naito's Los Ignorables ever come in and bust up a match? No, but that that is basically established. 
LIJ doesn't get into LIJ business. If Sonata's out there getting his ass handed to him, sorry, Sonata. That's just what we do. So you guys you guys are fine with this final segment? Oh, fucking A, right. If you couldn't have, for me, if you couldn't have MJF take over the inner circle before this whole angle even happened, he kind of planted those seeds where maybe I should have my own faction. Right. Here's his own faction. And I did I did think that whenever I saw it, um, and I didn't realize that you had fallen asleep, I thought about looking on your Twitter. Uh, I expected to go on Twitter and see uh, say another AEW closing segment with 11 dudes in the room. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will give you that. I will give you that. Now, would the hypothetical me have been wrong? No, no, not at all. No, that's what happens with AEW. It's just so many guys in the ring all the time. This one was actually it I was it was it made sense. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. It was more warranted in the sense that this is a major angle where now Power shift, right? Well, maybe it is. We I would assume so because now MJF's faction should be at least the faction that's going to give inner circle some trouble this was a major angle so now it's a a major angle for sure but they're both heels no no No, this is an inner circle face Face turn turn. with Guevara coming back as a face yes thank you and and them also not being stupid them being smart and like already knew what you were doing yeah yeah like like, right. Did you not think we talked between Wednesdays? Like, that's a baby face move. That's yeah, it, more so. Th- and that was the whole yeah. reason why I, I said when they that. Said, when they said, do you think we even talk between Wednesdays? I thought, man, me, Jason, and Zach don't. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. Oh, you guys might. <laughs> you guys might. Bill, watch New Japan on on Wednesday. You need to get you up for the, uh, the podcast. I will Okay, go ahead. No, I'll just say this. For me, this works just for the simple fact that we already planted the seeds beforehand, number one. And now, number two, the whole reason I said that MJF should take over the inner circle because the inner circle itself was getting stale. And at some point, Jericho needed to be a face. We did both things in one fail swoop at the end. It worked. The only thing I didn't like was Jericho getting bounced on the airbag or whatever. It took a little bit out of it. Outside of that, shit, you can call it what you want to. That shit was slam dunk. And we get to keep the best faction in AEW, the inner circle rules. Like Inner circle awesome. rules. Like, no doubt. I'm with you there. Uh, that'll do it for our three counts. One, two, three. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, I was feeling pretty down about wrestling this week. I didn't really like the pay-per-view that much. Um, Dude, there's so much wrestling going on. I know, and I fell asleep during Raw, and huh. NXT, <laughs> NXT, was, NXT was pretty good. Uh, AEW was pretty good. And then uh, I had a day at work today where I didn't have to be on the phone, so I, I could just have wrestling going the entire day. And I turned on the new... Dip- New Japan Cup. And guess what? 
I didn't feel bad about it. <laughs> I was say, bingo. Because <laughs> Shoot me in the ass with that. I'm sick of all that American fucking wrestling. <laughs> I'll take two shots in that New Japan, Give please. Give me that New Japan wrestling. So let's talk about the New Japan Cup. The the first couple matches I watched were Bad Luck Fale versus Yano. Yano found another exciting way to win a countout. God, I hate this motherfucker. I swear to God. You don't really hate Yano, do you? No, no. I don't hate him like white supremacists hate him. But, I mean, you know, for me, it's like when Yano beat uh, Naito like two or three years ago, he now is on my radar. Now, Yano cannot get any love on this scenario. We'll talk about him in a little bit with one of the oh, – probably yeah. the second biggest upset oh, yeah, we will. of the tournament so far. All right. Goto Tai Chi, what you think, Zach? Did you watch that one? Yeah, it was a fine match. Like, um, nothing like a big standout. I like both those guys. Uh, but, um, you know, it was just kind of a tournament match. Um, I can't even remember who won. Goto? Yeah. yeah. Um, Goto which won. is, I'll say this for me personally, I was a little disappointed because I'm I'm kind of trying to get Tai Chi and Obushi back into uh, a I match where where we just get another round of fucking thirty minutes of kicks. You know what I'm saying? That'll never happen again. That, it probably won't because it that was a one time thing. It probably you're probably right, but I mean, goddamn, that was so fucking good. <laughs> tai Chi and uh, Kota Obushi need to run it back one more time. I guess that's where I'm going with Tai Chi and Goto. Goto was good. Goto's kind of forgotten. The, he's kind of the forgotten guy that participates in the G1 every year. That's what I was going to say. When but, tournament time comes around, Goto comes around. Yeah, okay. We got Kenta versus Juice. I don't know what Juice's new thing is. Like, what's his thing? It's the same thing. It's the flamboyant Juice Robinson. I thought, honestly, I forgot that Juice and Kenta had a little uh, few going in yeah, before – Everything you know went south, or whatever the case may be. I like Kenta going over it when, when everything hopefully goes back to normal. Kenta Okan, hopefully, I'm rolling my eyes when I say this, but the guys that are are going to be the big heels in New Japan are going to get the most vocal discord. You know what I'm saying? Jay White is going to be one of those guys that's going to get a shit ton of booze. Kenta's going to be one of those guys that get a shit ton of booze. So I, I kind of think that's why Kenta went over here and then moving forward. I think that's why Kenta is going to be one of those guys in the mid card that's going to do some damage. What you think about that match, Zach? Uh, it was good, uh, but it was like, unfortunately for them, uh, I mean, it was probably good that they were in between, but they were in between my two favorite matches of that show. And also, like, probably my favorite stuff that I watched this week that was, you know, pay-per-view stuff. Uh, Suzuki, uh, Honma, which, like, I didn't know Honma had it in him, but, it, like, they just beat the shit out of each other. And Suzuki went over, obviously. Like, that's kind of like a no-brainer. But, you know, Gotch Pile Driver, which is scary based on Honma's, like, uh, neck history. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, it was... It was just a great match, and um, you know what it reminded me of was um, Nagata and Suzuki, same heel but different uh, baby face. Where when I came in, I was like, eh, you know, this is not going to be that good. And all of a sudden, I'm like, what? Homan's got a fucking you know submission on fucking Suzuki. What the fuck is this shit? Yeah, it was bonkers. And then Okada Shingo, like mm. which. 
like I said, last year I voted that as my favorite match of the year. And um, we had a flip-flop reversal. Now it is uh, Takagi who went over Okada. Okada put him out last time with the money clip. And this time uh, it was the uh, last of the dragon. Uh, so Shingo moves on and he's still my favorite for the cup. It is still unclear what Okada is trying to do, though. Is Okada trying to get the money clip over, or is he trying to get over a guy that's trying to get the money clip over? Like, I mean, that's a that's a serious question. <laughs> now, I'll, that's really that's really meta. I like that. I'll I'll answer it the best I can. But it, from could, what I, it could be either, though. Right? I think it could be either or. From what he, Okada has said on backstage comments is that. The money clip is the priority. He wants the money clip to be his finisher, submission or otherwise. The Rainmaker is the the safety net, so to speak. Absolutely insane. I mean, it's just absolutely yeah, insane. Yeah, which, is, which it, is kind of funny because now when matches where, you know, who did he wrestle? Shingo or whatever. Yeah, Shingo. He tried to put the money clip over, and then the money clip put Shingo down the first time, but didn't put him down the second and time. And then Shingo and started then he rainmaking went, him. Right. And that's for me. I was like, really? Shingo's doing the rainmaker? I mean, it, it almost felt like, you know, this is disrespect to Okada at this point. But, but the, the thing that's so weird about it is that here's a guy that is – at the at the top of his business, like might be the best wrestler in the world, you know, arguably the best wrestler arguably. in the world, top five, top ten, no doubt. Whatever. And his his story, his wrestler's kayfabe story for the last year, or maybe I don't more, want to do the easy shit no more. Has been trying to get this submission move over that nobody likes, that obviously only he likes, the crowd doesn't like. And he just keeps trying to get that over. That is he's odd. To, he's, he's got two slip discs in his back. There, there you go. New, new Japan guys, they just they just go out and wrestle with that shit. So that was – thank you, Two Beer. I, was, I totally forgot about that. That's the kind of the backstory, I guess, behind this going into the New Japan Cup that Okada was hurt. He's got slip disc. The fact that – Shingo Takagi beats him is not even really a big deal. I think more so moving forward is that maybe Okada needs to take a seat for a little bit. We're going to need him to be in this main event scene for the next six months, a calendar year. As much as I love Naito, he's not going to be in this main event scene too much longer. Okada's going to be the next guy that's going to do the five or six years that Naito has already done. What else did we miss on the New Japan Cup week one? Well, we're looking at um, – actually, we're looking at this right now. Well, I was going to go with um, Gabriel Kidd versus um, – Shit, who was it? Zack Sabre Jr. Jr. Thank you. Okay. This is what I like about the New Japan Cup is that the fact that they're bringing in, you know, a couple of juniors, well, not even juniors, but a couple of um, young Lions, and then you're intermingling them with the lower, middle, and upper card of New Japan and just kind of making it work. The only thing I wish I would have, if there was anything I would change, 
is that you would get some juniors into it, but I know we just did BSOJ or BOSJ, best of the super juniors that don't know. Um, I know we just did that. We just had Wrestle Kingdom where you had Hiromu doing his thing there, and then obviously Desperado taking the uh, the title after Hiromu got hurt. It's a lot of a lot to try to to kind of cram into it, but I think in this scenario, I like the way that they're doing the New Japan Cup. I'm a little disappointed with some of the booking that's going on. I'm not sure how far we're going to go into that just yet because that's going to be definitely a spoiler alert. I'll just say this. I'm looking for Tanahashi to start to get this Neverweight Championship over. If you're going to take away the the IC title and marry it into one, there needs to be some movement going forward. That's the Neverweight title, and that's the U.S. title. The U.S. title, I love Moxley, but Moxley's not coming back to Japan soon. So that means the Neverweight title is going to be the number two title in play. That's put Tanahashi in the crosshairs. I'm not sure that he beats Jay White in the second round of the New Japan Cup. Even if he does, where does that put the Neverweight title? I mean, this is why I didn't like them breaking up the titles to begin with because now I'm looking at Tanahashi and I'm looking at him like, I'm going to need you to kind of step up a little bit because you're the number two guy. Can Tanahashi do it? Of course he can because he's the ace. But I would be a little disappointed if Jay White lost to Tanahashi instead of beating Tanahashi. And then if he loses the next round after that, then you can come back and have this Neverweight title match and hopefully build it from that point on. But I think a lot of this is doing is making more work for themselves than they really have to do. You didn't have to marry the two titles. Do I I get it? Yeah, I get it. Do I agree with it? Not so much. Zach, any other thoughts? That's as far as I was able to watch. I didn't even get a chance to watch the main event, which was Tenzan and Will Ospreay. Um, I looked at results huh, for Guess stuff, what we're um, watching right but... now. <laughs> Will Ospreay wins. All right. Yeah, I didn't expect it. Yeah, didn't this expect anything worse. But I, I will catch up. Damn, man. Can you let the man finish? I thought <laughs> I just got high. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Say it again, Zach. Uh, I yeah. don't even know. Oh, I yeah. said I will catch up. Yeah. I'm there, too. Two, three. Dude. This is banned for Thank ringside. You. All right. So, uh, some odds and ends. The Strowman versus Shane thing is just a fucking mess. You know what? You know, every single week I write this stuff down. I write down every single segment for regular God bless you. WWE. God bless you. And every single week I, I dread it because I don't watch the whole thing and I have to watch it. And then no, if there's something interesting, I have to watch it. Her business good. Lashley is fuck. <laughs> no, Lashley's good, but Lashley doesn't show up after the first 30 minutes of Raw, so I just have to write down the rest of Raw. Apparently, there's a Shane and Braun Strowman thing going on. We're not watching it. That was a great question for a dinosaur. 
No, it's it's pretty bad. Um, it's WrestleMania season, so now we're going to get the guys that we haven't seen all year long and guys that I don't want to see, in, in this case, Shane McMahon. Yeah, Braun versus Rick, Shane does nothing. Randy, nothing for Randy me. Randy Orton is still puking. Coughing up blood. Black stuff. Yeah, that's right. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, Shane it and makes Baszler, sense. Nia I don't Jax. care. Sh- I don't care. Sh- Shayna Baszler, uh, Nia Jax, don't care. Naomi, Lana, don't care. Uh, actually, let's see. Actually, uh, I want to put I want to put Gable a flag. Dominic Mysterio. Can I put a flag on care. Naomi? If there's, I bet you would want to put a flag. <laughs> on Naomi. I'll just say this: there is a spot for the hurt business that needs a woman. Well, why would it be Naomi? Why wouldn't it be? They're both on Raw. Oh, that's the only thing they have in common. Well, it's the only thing that, besides that everybody's fucking black, that makes me smile to ear to ear. Being on Raw, I'll say this. I wanted Naomi, obviously, to be on SmackDown because of the lineage. She's not on SmackDown. She's on Raw. So, make chicken out of chicken shit. Put her with the hurt business. Uh, let's see. Sami Zayn and Baron Corbin are in a tag team for some reason. Cesaro... Buddy Murphy, that could have been. Oh, Buddy! Oh, I didn't watch SmackDown on Friday. Buddy Murphy came back. Yeah, Buddy nice. Murphy's back. Uh, it still looks like we're going towards Rollins versus Cesaro. Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns is happening at Fastlane, which is a week from Sunday. Anything else that we missed of the week of wrestling? We've only been doing this podcast for two hours. <laughs> Zach's got to top his pubes. I think we're good. Zach, you good? I can't. I- I canceled. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was. Did you really? For yeah. us, you should. Right. That's too bad. <laughs> this is banned from ringside. Uh, we got some birthdays this week. Uh, May Young would have R-I-P, been. R.I.P. Don't. Don't. R.I.P. She don't. was. What a sport. Yeah, and don't Seriously, and, and don't sport. and don't fucking she, disrespect. She would have been ninety-eight. I'm not gonna disrespect. Kenta is 40. Why would you think I would disrespect Because Mae that's Young? you. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. True, but uh, fucked up. Respecting women all the time. <laughs> Both of you motherfuckers. Matt Jackson is 36, but it didn't say that his brother's 36 also. They're twins, right? Yeah. Matt Jackson and his brother. Yeah. What's his brother's name? Alan? Oh, Jesus Christ. One was born at 11.59. The other one was born at 12.01. So. Smack this man, please. Uh, Santino Morella is 47. Always like Santino. Uh, he was funny. Iron Sheik, not RIP. Still and kicking. Still, still, and still crowning on motherfuckers on Twitter. I mean, that is, is the that funny. is the ultimate Twitter follow. Yes. If you need to he's get a good giggle in, Iron Sheik, fucking comedy. 79. Uh, Jordan Devlin, the aforementioned, is 31. MJF, the aforementioned, is 25. Mm. Samoa Joe is older than me. He's 42. God damn it. Test RIP would have been 46. Is Samoa Joe coming back to wrestling? Can we get a one off for Samoa Joe? I don't care. Rabbit.
Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts for you guys to listen to. <laughs> it's so time to go. we appreciate you guys listening to ours for F&B Eatery. Check. For Bill's Beard Company. Check. For Vice. Check. Tender. For Tender Mahal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But don't, don't be like for Tender Mahal. Yeah, yeah, you know. We for Two Beers, Zach Poland. For Jason Gonzalez. Check. I am Bill Vegas. Check. Everybody, Black Lives Matter. Check. Support your local restaurants. Double check. Support your local weed dealers. Triple check. And never forget to boo the heels. Boo, bitch.